Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Good morning, Summit Church. Glad to have you with us this morning. We're going to have a wonderful time. I trust you've had an excellent and exciting week. I know it's been obviously different than most other weeks of many of our lives, but we're overcoming and God is on the throne and all is well. Hey, listen, I just wanted to give you a couple of updates. First of all, as many of you know, uh, we are in the middle of a building program and uh, we're moving forward with that at rapid speed. Even now, even more rapid than before as we just this past week received finally our architectural, architectural stamped drawings, which now allows us to apply for permits that we need so desperately so we can now begin to move forward a little bit quicker. So thank you again for continuing to give towards the building fund and the pledge and, uh, that you made towards that. And uh, we're excited about the future uh, coming together in that building as well. Hey, listen, as well, some of you have asked us, um, you know, how's Melissa doing, my wife? And um, many of you know she's had some physical battles in the last several months. And um, after several surgeries, I'm happy to report that she's doing well. Um, the doctors believe that they got everything uh, through the surgeries that they needed to get out. And uh, she is now uh, waiting uh, for a radiation type of um, uh, process to begin, which lasts about a month. So we're just kind of on hold until all of those people that are in charge of those things uh, get everything worked out uh, for her to begin her, her uh, routines of radiation. But thank you so much for praying for us and especially her. I'm telling you, we truly have felt and experienced your prayers. They have literally been felt. I can tell you, we've really experienced the, the grace of God in this season. And I know, I really know uh, it has to do with, with your prayers and your intercession, and it means so much to us. And we just want to say thank you for that. And Melissa would say that as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, believe it or not, um, I've had several people, in fact, more than several, asked me, when are we going to tell a joke again? And so, you know what? I just got to tell a joke. I'm just sorry, but I got to tell a joke um, by popular demand. So a man, he, he went to the doctor for his annual physical. Doctor checked him out. He was all good. Doctor said to me, he said, listen, is there anything else I can do for you before you leave? He goes, well, actually, doctor is. He said, um, it really is not anything to do with me, but it's actually my wife. It seems like to me, my wife is um, losing her hearing and she refuses to go get it checked out. And I don't really know what to do about it. The doctor thought for a minute. He said, hmm, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we do an experiment? You just go home and, um, and, 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 and just the next time you see her with her back turned towards you and she cannot see your lips, just ask her a question. And then just gradually keep asking that question, moving forward a little bit more at a time until, you know, you're a certain range and when she can hear, she'll turn around obviously and address your question. And at that point, then you can report to me what your, your findings are. Maybe we can discuss it a little further. Man was excited about that plan, so he went home and uh, he went into the living room, his, opened the door into the living room. His wife happened to be past the living room in the kitchen with her back turned to him at the kitchen sink, preparing for dinner. 
So he said in a very casual voice, sweetheart, what's for dinner? And there was no response. And uh, so he moved several steps forward and closer. Uh, sweetheart, oh, what's for dinner? And no response again. And so he moved closer a third time. Sweetheart, what's for dinner? And no response. Finally, the fourth time, he was right there behind her, directly behind her. And he said to her in a calm voice, sweetheart, what's for dinner? She turned around, stared at him in the face, and she said, for the fourth time, I said, beef stew. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to laugh at my own jokes, but that was funny. Oh, man. And you can laugh as well. Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, have you ever been, here's a question. Have you ever been in a situation maybe where you felt alone a little bit, and you, and you felt, though, even though you were alone, you felt like there was something maybe going on around you, and um, maybe kind of, uh, maybe in a bad sense, maybe a fear came into your heart. Um, or maybe even in a good sense that you've, you felt something uh, very good or healthy. I know in my own personal life, um, and I've shared this with a few people before, but I was 19 years old and, and um, I had been diagnosed, uh, well actually I had been looked at by a doctor and told me to go to a specialist. He didn't like what he saw. I went to a specialist. The specialist said, well, you're going to have to have uh, surgery and we're going to have to open you up and and to see what this is. And I said, what, what are you talking about? I'm 19 years old. I felt very healthy and, and uh, very active and nothing seemed wrong. And he said, well, we're going to have to check this out. And so I, I said, well, let's just talk about this. You know, what's the, what's the good part of this? What could it be? And what could be the worst part of this? And, and he goes, well, you know, on the good end, it could be just an infection and we're good to go. We'll close you back up, give you some, some medicine and you'll be fine. And, and uh, then he kind of paused, and, and I said, well, what, what about the worst? What could be the worst? And he really, him hauled around, didn't really want to talk about it. And finally, I, I, I coaxed it out of him. And he said, well, um, you know, in my practice, the longest I've seen, if this is what it could possibly be, the longest I've seen a person live is two years. And, um, and, and then we just left the, the doctor's office, and I, I was um, almost in shock and unbelief that, I had heard what I just heard. And um, as you can imagine, a sense of apprehension and anxiety began to grip me. Um, our church, our local church that I was a part of at that time where we lived, they began to fast and actually pray for me, and I appreciated that so much. And, and I remember laying in that hospital bed that night before the surgery, and uh, my, my mother had come down, flew down, and been with me. She went to the hotel, and, and uh, others had left, and I was all by myself. And the surgery would be early the next morning. And even though I was all by myself, I, I, I began to sense, um, well, I'll be honest, I began to sense a little fear. And I, I began to think, you know, uh, what would life be, you know, if this took this particular course? And my heart was, my heart began to really um, be filled with intense anxiety. And... And so I didn't know what to do other than just pick up my Bible. So I picked up my Bible and um, I thought to myself, well, I'll, I'll read from the book of Timothy because he was a young man and maybe God has something there for me. It didn't take me long. I turned to 2 Timothy, first chapter, seven verses down. And I'm reading the Bible and the Lord says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I'm like, whoa, what's that? But I've given you power 
love, and a sound mind. Man, when I read that scripture, a presence began to envelop me. I'm not kidding you. A presence, a presence of God. A peace came upon me that I cannot even explain to this day. And I just laid there on my back reading that scripture over and over and over, committing it to memory until when the nurse woke me the next day, I literally had my Bible on my chest and those who had been the last words in my memory. I'm telling you, obviously things were fine and God worked it all out, but in that moment of fear and intense anxiety, the presence of God came into my life in a very real and almost tangible way and settled my heart. I know we're in a season right now where things are a little crazy, right? And perhaps you've had some kind of a tinge of fear as well in your heart or your life and maybe your family or relatives. Maybe there's been some financial stress. Maybe there's some some um, you know physical things. Maybe there's like relational stress going on because everyone's in the home right now and you're not used to that and things are going crazy uh, with you and in your family unit there. And, and, and I want you to know that there is an answer and I'm glad you're watching this morning because you need to hear what we're going to talk about. We've been in a series called A Thing or Two talking about basically the different names of God in the Hebrew or the Old Testament. And because, why are we talking about that? Because every name that God has really is an answer to a problem that man has. And God can come in and reveal himself in a new way to us at a moment's notice and show us a part of himself that really is what we need at that moment and at that time. And so we find a name for God. We're going to talk about it this morning, but it's taken from the book of Ezekiel, the very last chapter and the very last verse of that chapter. And it's the only time this God uses this name or a description of himself in the entire Bible. And I'll read it for you this morning. It says, And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there, or Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Now let me give you a little background upon this verse and then we'll pack it, unpack it for a little bit. Ezekiel is a prophet. Um, there were several waves of captivity that Israel found themselves in being carried off into Babylon. Daniel was in another wave that would come later. Ezekiel was in the first wave of captives that were taken, a, a small group of people, leaders and things like that. And, he was taken, and, and Ezekiel finds himself in Babylon. The majority of the people still back in his homeland, Israel. The people that are with Ezekiel in Babylon are despondent. They're depressed, discouraged. They're, um, they're, they're, um, they're, they're living in a confusion. You can imagine um, being uprooted from their home, uh, being now um, taken as, as slaves to another nation, never to, uh, to be seen of again. And uh, they, they are discouraged. Well, they brought a lot of it on to, by themselves by the way they had carried on their lives. But no doubt they're still despondent. But God is a good God. And God raises up a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel begins to speak into their lives because that's what God does. God is always an encourager. Even though you may have done some wrong things and, done, and found yourself 
reaping some things that you've sown, God is always faithful to send us a voice when we need to hear a voice. And Ezekiel was that man that God raised up for those, that remnant of people at that time in Babylon. And I, 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 you need to know this about prophets in the Old Testament. People, people um, when they got around prophets, they, they were fearful of them because they, 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 they brought literally a healthy fear of God, if you would, to the nation. And they were God's tool to be God's spokesman to the people at that time. And it impacted the way people would think. And and, and what, what happened, what separated a prophet from everybody else was that, that, that God's spirit would come upon him. And when the spirit of God would come upon him, then they were no longer just an ordinary citizen like everybody else. But suddenly they became this feared citizen of heaven. And their voice or the words that they said carried such heavy weight that it wasn't um, like anything else that people had heard. And I want you to know that the same thing is true today, that when, when God speaks or when God's presence comes upon somebody, in those days it would be a prophet, but, it, but today it would be anybody. When God's presence uh, comes upon someone, things just happen. And God wants things to happen today. God wants to visit us with his presence, with his spirit, and he wants to see things happen in the world in which we live in today. Let me read the scripture uh, again, uh, not again, but Haggai chapter two, verse nine. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. What I'm saying is that God's glory or God's presence is always increasing. It was Isaiah in chapter 9. He would say that uh, the, the increase or, of the, uh, of the, uh, or the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Talking about prophetically Jesus, that when Jesus came, that his peace would continually increase in the world. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Get this, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. And so God is showing us that he desires his presence to fill us and for that to become an increasing way of living for his presence to rise and increase on a daily basis. And so Ezekiel has this vision, and it's, you know, God's encouraging his people, and so he has this vision of Jerusalem, the, the capital, the city that they had come from. It's now in ruins, but he speaks and he describes a new Jerusalem, a, a new city, it's 12 gates and, and its circumference is six miles. You can read that in that chapter. And in, in this chapter, in this last verse, God is actually, I believe, revealing to us his vision for what? For the church, for his people, for us, for the body of Christ, for you, the Christian that's just loving the Lord. He's revealing God's vision for us. And so he says, from that day on, the name of the city, Jerusalem, or the church, we'll say it today, that the name of Jerusalem will be called Jehovah Shammah. The Lord God is there. God is present. And he is a God who desires to, get this, inhabit his people. 
Let me say it another way. God is a God who desires to not just inhabit, but manifest his presence or emanate his presence from our lives. In other words, God's presence would be what set this city apart from all the other cities in the world. And there were thousands of cities in the world. And can I say, the only thing that will set you apart from all the thousands and thousands of others is simply the presence of God being manifest out of your life. So let me read that scripture again. And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Let's just forget about the eschatological implications of that scripture because some would want to talk about those kind of things. I just want to look at this passage of scripture in a present tense as us, as God's people, as God's church, and why the presence of God is everything. And can I say that? The presence of God is everything for you. If you have nothing, but you have the presence of God, you have everything. What else could, what else could you ever possibly want if you had the presence of God? You could be literally in the midst of a crowd and be lonely. Or you could be in the midst of a crowd and have the presence of God and have everything. Uh, Moses said it like this in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 12, as he was leading the Israelites out of the, their bondage and now into their destiny. Moses says to the Lord, you've been telling me, Lord, lead these people. <laughs> but you have not let me know who you're going to send with me. Have you ever been in that situation? Ah, God, you told me to do something. I feel like you're leading me in this area, but who's going to help me here? You said, I know you by name and you've, that, that I found favor with you. But, and, and, but if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor you, with you. And remember that this nation, Moses reminding God as if God needed to be reminded. Remember, God, this nation is your people not mine. This is your responsibility, not mine. And, and then the Lord replied and says, Get the, here's how God responds to Moses. Because Moses is feeling like, I'm, I'm totally lacking. I'm totally insufficient. I'm totally, in a, I have no, I don't have the goods to do what you're asking me to do. And, and God's response, Moses, my presence not, not my, my gifts, not my power, not my tools, not my angels, not my, not my whatevers, my presence. Say that, say it with me right there sitting, watching me right now. My presence, say that, my presence. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Some of the times, sometimes you don't have rest simply because you don't have his presence. But if you're experiencing God's presence, you're going to experience God's rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, then I'm not moving. Don't even send us up from here. I'm not going. I'm, what Moses was declaring was, the journey isn't worth it. The price isn't worth it unless I have your presence with me. And I'm here to tell you this morning 
that God wants to stir within you a fresh new hunger for his presence. I want to stir within you this morning, right there as you're watching online, I want to stir within you a desire for God's presence. You say, well, I don't feel I'm worthy of it. That doesn't make that, 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 if that's the case, if it's all about our works, then none of us are worthy of it. God wants to give you his presence. He wants you to experience his presence on a constant basis. Now, we know that God is omnipresent. That, that God is, that's one of God's descriptions. He's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. But don't you feel sometimes, even though you know that, that God's everywhere, sometimes he's more one place than he is another, right? Like he, maybe he's more with him than he is with me. Um, I know I felt that way from time to time. But, but sometimes I think also in my life, and I've seen this and I know you have, that, that as I look back on my life, those moments where I didn't feel like God was there, God was there all along. I just didn't know until I was out of the situation. I, I, I remember reading the story about Jacob and he was on his own little journey. And he takes a break and spends the night at a place and he sees angels descending, ascending up into heaven, down to the earth. And he wakes up from this dream and he goes, my goodness, I did not even know God was here, but God's here. And he named that place Bethel, the house of God. I want you to know that God is here. God is there, right there with you right now. Whether you feel him, sense him, or don't sense him, he is your Jehovah Shammah. He is present in your life right now, right now. Even Jesus said it like this, I am with you always, always to the end of the age, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so here's what I want to do this morning for just a few moments. I want you to learn how to host the presence of God. Have you ever had someone come over to your house and, you know, you've been waiting for them, perhaps a very important person, and someone that you uh, have been um, just kind of like waiting to meet or host, and, and you host them. You meet them at the door, you invite them in, you take off their jacket if they're wearing a coat of some kind, and you make sure that they have a nice place to sit down, you take them into the living room, you ask if they want anything to drink, you have the right environment, you make sure that all the kids' toys are put up and the kids are quiet in their room, and, and, you, and you just, are, you're, you're what? You're thinking about them more than you're thinking about you. Well, listen, we have to learn how to host the presence of God. God just doesn't, uh, I, mean, I mean, if you respect, respect someone and admire someone, then, you, then you, you take great care about making sure that they are taking care of themselves because he's a gentleman. And, and, and guess what? He's put the earth in your care. And he's put the earth into, um, he's literally, even though the earth is the Lord's, he's actually given us um, the, the earth to take care of. And the only way we can really take care of the earth or do anything significant in the earth that we're supposed to be managing is if we have his presence. But we have to understand this, that, 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 that we're not going to go anywhere, that, that, I mean, excuse me, God's not going to go anywhere that he's not invited. And if we want to see God's participation in our life and in our family's life and in our job and in our health and everything surrounding us, our relationships, and guess what? We, we have to host him. We have to bring him in. But he only comes in when he's invited. Now listen, if you, owned a, if you owned a piece of property and someone was renting that piece of property from you, you even though you own that house, 
you had really, you really don't have the right to just walk in there and just start eating food out of the refrigerator, right? I mean, wouldn't that be strange if you, you're, you're, you wake up one morning, you're renting a house from someone, you wake up in the morning and, and they're sitting in your kitchen eating eggs and, and toast and you're like, what in the world? Hey, well, well, this is my house, you know, but I'm renting it from you. I, well, that's the same relationship we have with God. God has given us, in, in a sense, the opportunity to rent from him the earth, to steward the earth, to take care of the earth, even though he owns it. But, it, but, but now if we invite him into this process, he'll come. And he wants to do that. Uh, and, and so God puts us here for a purpose to accomplish things, but guess what? To accomplish things on the earth with him. Not necessarily even for him, but with him. Are you doing things with God? Are, are you doing things with him? Are, are, are you all in relationship? Or do you find yourself just like he's a taskmaster and you're just doing things, doing things for him, but, but, but and getting worn out in the process? Or are you doing it with him? He wants not you to do things for him. He wants you to do things with him. And so what God does is he, he fills the, 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 the earth with people that are longing to host the presence of God. And as a result, guess what? The earth is going to see the glory of God become manifested through us into the earth. In fact, Romans 8, 19 says, even the whole earth, all of creation, all of nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed or to be made manifest, to, to step up to the plate. And that's the impact of the glory of God. Let's just look at this word glory for just a second. The word glory has to do with a reflection. Uh, it carries with it the word image or the imprint of God on man. Remember, um, I was growing up a little kid and we would have this thing called a silly putty. Remember silly putty? Remember that? A little egg type of thing. You pull this little gooey, like, you know, it's like a little soft, little clay type thing. And then we would have these uh, like uh, colored um, um, cartoons or things like that, newspapers. And we stick it down and press it really hard, press it really hard. And, and then we would peel it up. And when we would peel it up, what would happen? We would have the imprint or the image of what was pressed down. Can I just tell you this? This is just a side note. You know, for some of us here watching this morning, you're in a pressing time. You're like that silly putty, huh? Where you just kind of like feel like you're being pressed a little bit. But if you'll allow, allow the pressing to do its perfect work in your life, what you're going to find is when you're peeled up out of that pressing, you're going to carry with you the glory or the image of God in the earth. Come on now. Shout hallelujah right there on their couch right now. You're going you're gonna to carry with you the very image of God. In fact, in the Hebrew, the word glory means kabod. It's the word kabod, and it means to become heavy, or God, the heaviness of God resting upon his people. In the Greek, which is the New Testament language, the word glory means the manifest expression or the countenance of God or the brightness of God. The first time we see anybody ever in the earth Walking in the glory of God was the very first person that ever lived. His name was Adam, who was created in the image of God, and he walked with the glory of God. And then what happened? Of course, he sinned. Romans 3, 23, many of you have read it, you know it. It says, many or all have sinned, and guess what? They've come short 
of the glory of God. Now, we've read that scripture and go, well, you know, see, because you sin, you're not going to get to heaven. Or because you sin, you know, you've fallen short, you're not going to make it, you know, to where we, we want you to go or you want to go. No, no. It, it, Adam didn't lose heaven. He just lost his ability to manifest God in the earth. The Bible says that we sinned and what we've fallen short of God's glory. God's glory or his manifested presence or his image in the earth is what God wants you to walk in. That's what he wants me to walk in. Is this good? Is this okay for you guys right there? Can you handle this? Get you another cup of coffee right now. I'm telling you, God, God wants to cause us to, to walk in his glory. What, would, what happened with Adam once he fell, once he sinned? He, he realized he was naked, right? Or in other words, he realized that he had lost his glory. He realized he had lost that sense that God was with him. Mm. He lost this realization that God isn't right here right now. I've been walking with God every day and now I've fallen into the sin and God, has, his presence is not here. And what did he do? He, he didn't know what to do. He's embarrassed, he's, he's humiliated. He, and it's, he, he begins to cover himself with fig leaves, fig, fig leaves. And it is, it's interesting to me that Jesus in his ministry in the math, math, book of Matthew chapter 21, he's walking down the road, he sees this fig tree. Now, this is not an accident. He, he's literally going all the way back to Genesis. And he's trying, to, he's trying to draw a line between Adam and now this fig tree. What did Adam cover himself with? He covered himself with fig leaves. God sees this, Jesus sees this fig tree, and it does not, it's not producing figs. It's got green leaves, but it's not producing figs. It's, it looks good on the outside, but it's not doing what it's purpose was designed to do, to produce figs or fruit. And so what did Jesus do? He cursed it. And the Bible says the disciples were amazed at how fast this tree, tree withered. Well, what was happening was, and then immediately after that, I mean, immediately after they said, whoa, that's What's that all about? He began to talk to them about their faith and not doubting and how you can literally pray and cause a mountain to be thrown into the sea. I mean, you can literally move and shift big, big obstacles that are in your way. And he, and he brings this correlation that, that, that what he was doing was cursing man's ability where he tries to clothe himself in his own works as a substitute for the thing that he'd lost, which is God's glory. You getting this? Is this too much for you? God's glory was what Adam lost. And basically Jesus is saying, listen, you are nothing but a withered fig tree unless you are walking in the glory or with and expressing the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is his presence. This is God's desire for us to walk in his presence. In fact, when Jesus was walking into Jerusalem, what did they say? They began to shout, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. That was the revelation that they finally got. That was what God was wanting to restore all along. His very presence, he came to bring back to man his glory. They were shouting, basically, Jehovah Shammah, Emmanuel, God with us. Your glory is here. Your presence, oh God, is here with us. That's what our longing has to be. God, I need 
and must have your presence. I'll finish with the story, and you're familiar with it, about Gideon. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6, verse 34, so the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Now, he was just an ordinary guy. In fact, he was less than ordinary, wasn't he? I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to you know, kind of get some weed out in a wine press and scared and insignificant. And, and the Bible says, though, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. This word came upon literally means this. The Spirit of the Lord uh, was put on him. Or it means also to wear or to clothe yourself. In the Hebrew, literally it means this. This is so huge. Watch this, watch this. In the Hebrew, it says this. And the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. That's what, that's what God desires to do with us. Let me, let me give you an illustration. I just happen to have a glove in my back pocket. How about that? God literally put Gideon on. Okay, this is God. And God puts on himself by the Spirit of the Lord, Gideon. And Gideon now is what you see on the outside. But what's really going on on the inside is God. It, this is the glory of God. Jehovah Shammah, God is not only just with me, he's, he's inside of me. <laughs> and, and what you see is just this glove, but, but really I am moved. My hand is moved by what's inside of this glove. And this is the glory of God. Jehovah Shammah, God is with me. God is in me. God is working through me. God, this is why Ezekiel was prophesying when he saw the church, when he saw the new Jerusalem. He, he goes, oh my goodness, it will be called Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. And my question to you is the Lord there with you. And I just want you to know some good news this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you can know him as Jehovah Shammah. He is knocking at the door of your heart, desiring to walk into your life and allow you to host him into your life and to work his life through you. In fact, I just want to lead you in a prayer this morning, right where you're at, and you say, you know, Pastor, I, I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need his presence. I need his glory. I, I've walked away from his glory. I've walked away from him. You left him. He never left you. And today I want to come back to my first love, to my God, to my Father. Would you just pray with me and bow your head right where you're at? I just want to lead you in a prayer right where you're at. If you, you could just pray this prayer with me. Just repeat these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you want to walk with me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for walking away from you. And I invite you into my heart right now. Come into my life and restore me 
and renew me and make my life new again. And thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you for praying that prayer, my friend. And if you prayed that prayer with me, let me just say this. You are born. You have become born again. And I just encourage you to call, call us at Summit Church. Connect with us. Let us just kind of talk with you and send you some information about just what happened. Just begin to do relationship with you. For everybody else watching, we are so glad and thankful that you tuned in and found time this morning just to be with us today. But I too want to pray with you as I do believe that God's desire is to cover you with his glory. Or let me just say like this, to fill himself with you and from your life emanate glory. Can I remind you that God's present and God is with you? Yeah. So Heavenly Father, right now again, I pray for, for those that call you their Lord and their Savior. And Lord, you're reminding all of us today that you are present. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are present. You are here. And you are living inside of us. And we, Lord God, remind ourselves of that. And we, Lord God, this week and this year, we release your glory. We pray that you will use us to literally, as your word says, manifest the glory of God in the earth. To show forth your image. And when people see us, they don't see us. They see really you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hey, thank you for watching. Real quickly, before you tune out, I want to give you two things to do this week, okay? Actually, I want to give you three. Three things to do. One, one, here we go. One, I want you to wake up every morning, and I want you to make him the guest in your life. I want you to say to the Lord when you wake up in the morning, Father, I welcome you today into my life and into my routine, into my schedule. Thank you for your presence. Come on. That's the second thing. Thank him after you welcome him. Then begin to thank him for his presence being with you. And the third thing I'm asking you to do in this time of quarantine and isolation, all that kind of stuff, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, I'm challenging you, man, to reach out to somebody else. I mean, I, I, I'm going big. I'm going big. I'm asking you to reach out to five people through a text, through an email, through a phone call every single day. Five people a day. You're texting and saying, hey, just want you to know I'm thinking of you, praying for you. Want you to know God loves you. If you need anything, I'm here for you. This is the time not to draw in. This is the time to draw out. Amen. The church grew the greatest when they were scattered, not when they were gathered. We love you. We thank you so much for watching with us this morning. We trust you have a great day, a great morning, and a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night, Facebook Live at 6.30. Have a great one. Tune in next week. We'll have a good time together. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.